Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 23 of Gaming with Grief. And uh, hello, how's it going? Yeah, it's another week. Uh, before I get going, I want to give you the announcements. Uh, there's no big announcements. I just want to let people know, if you want to write to me, you can. You can go to www.gamingwithgrief.com, leave a comment under the, the link to the audio from SoundCloud. I'll leave the comments open. That way you can you know leave me a comment if you want. Uh, what else? Oh, yes. My email address. That's important. My email address is w, well, it's gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. So go there if you want to write an email or something like that. And uh, this week the episode is going to be called Stories in the Dark because I have been doing two things that are kind of creepy. One, don't worry, not like, you know, weird stuff. One is uh, I've been playing an old new game. There was an MMO that came out several years ago called The Secret Worlds. It was, you know, uh, you bought the box, you paid every month, which I did. I really enjoyed it. The general idea of it is that there is, like, all the conspiracy you've heard about is true. It's in a modern setting. You can use uh, modern weapons like machine guns and shotguns. It's a third-person, over-the-shoulder action MMO with um, like targeting and things like that. And uh, again, you could use modern weapons like machine guns, shotguns, uh, bats, uh, mauls, stuff like that. Or you could use elemental magic or blood magic. Long story short, you are trying to get to the bottom of this big conspiracy. Uh, and there's three factions, the Illuminati, the Templars, and the Dragons, each having their own philosophy and in different cities. The Illuminati is in New York. The Templars are in London. And the dragon are in Seoul, Korea. And there's ways to travel through the world. You can either run. Later, I guess, you get a motorcycle or, like, a cool hoverboard. Um, and then you also go to something called the Argatha, with, which is, like, this big nexus area with a big tree and vines and branches that have glowing portals that allow you to kind of zip through the world. You get, like, a pocket watch type thing, sphere, whatever it is, that allows you to go in between the place. Long story short, it's just a good game. And even though I don't believe in conspiracy theories, you know, uh, there is a part of my brain that likes how, you know, in fiction and literature and games and books and all that kind of stuff, people try to connect all of those things. So it is kind of a neat, like, no, there is really demons and, you know, the Illuminati, we cut deals with them and uh, all that kind of stuff I really like, even though it's kind of left field and it's out there. So uh, I'm playing it. My general impressions is I played this game several times. What happened was when it was an MMO, I guess it wasn't financially uh, working out for the people that were running it. Funcom is um, is designed the game and EA published it. Uh, so um, I guess for whatever reason, they ran the numbers and the subscription was hard, like hard pill, pill to swallow or something or it wasn't working out. So instead of just shutting everything down and you know, letting a lot of people go, they retooled the whole game, and they called it Secret World Legends. They reused a lot of the old stuff in the game, and uh, kind of made it a little bit more user friendly. I remember being in the beginning areas. You're in this place called Solomon Island, which is basically just Maine. Uh, at night, there's zombies. Uh, they mention a writer that they give a different name that is kind of a layabout. Long story short. Um, it is, uh, it's good, but you know, it. I think what it was when I played the game originally is an MMO. The combat was really difficult, not difficult to master, 
but they didn't want there to be levels in the original game. So you had this weird uh, circular grid that you would spend more and more uh, points on as you leveled up to uh, go deeper and deeper into this uh, circle. And the, the, the every rung of the circle, like a tree, you know, like uh, rings in a tree, every circle you got closer and closer to the center, everything got more and more powerful and cost more and more money. And they did this because they didn't want you to feel that you were stuck in a class um, so you could pick up a shotgun and start using it instantly. You wouldn't be very powerful, but once you started getting points, you could start putting your points in shotguns. And then there was another skill tree that what it did is it basically let you augment the guns you were using or the magic you were using to do certain things. So there was like two or three tiers or paths you could follow in each weapon. So instead of just using cool abilities like a flaming hammer or something like that, you could do... You know, like a healing pistol, which is weird, but it would heal your group and bump your group. Um, and it was, some of it was obtuse, but I liked the fact, you know, like they said in a lot of the marking material, once you kind of peeled everything back and got past the point that it was kind of obtuse, the idea was when you start digging in, it was like, there's a lot of customization here, you know? And um, a lot of people did feel that it was intimidating. I just felt that, you know, I was able, I was literally able to overcome that hurdle because I thought it was really fascinating. I thought the idea was interesting too. You don't see a lot of modern era MMOs. They always take place, you know, or at least the setting isn't in a modern setting. It's always in the past or the future. And this was like a section of a version of New York. I don't think it maybe if somebody from New York was playing the game, they're like, this is nothing like where I live or anything like what I live. But, you know, in the game, everything is slightly off. So I could see where, yeah, it doesn't look exactly like New York, but there's this grimy, big city gritty feeling. You're kind of like under a bridge. I don't know what bridge, but it looks like like the George Washington Bridge or another bridge, maybe the Brooklyn Bridge, but it's just kind of this side area. And uh, I think, like I said, originally people thought combat was uh, hard. Not only, like I said, the learning curve of learning the skills and the abilities and how the weapons work together and being able to pick up a new weapon and kind of start over. Um, the community, I don't know if the developers did this or the community, but because there was no levels, it was hard to recruit people because they did have dungeons in the game. So what people started doing was when you got enough gear, like they had tier systems. So I think at the time it was an average of things that took place. So if it was, um, if it was, uh, you, you had some powerful items and some not powerful items, you would climb up a tier system. So it'd be like tier two, tier three. So you would see that in the chat all the time of like, hey, we're looking for a tier three person that focuses in healing to come join us. And they didn't care about your weapons because like I said, certain weapons could pair with healing or support or whatever. So you could still fill these roles out, but really build a character you wanted. You could do an assault rifle heal build, which was kind of cool. Um, instead of being the guy that sits back or the character that sits back and just heals people. And that was like a really neat thing. Well, Secret World Legends, they realized that was kind of obtuse. Oh, wait, you know, I keep sidetracking myself. So the other thing that was really bad was uh, mobs. And when you would go to the first area of Solomon Island, like I said, it was like Maine. You would go there and the simplest, you'd fight maybe three zombies, which, you know, if you're sick of zombies in game, I don't want to tell you. But you'd fight those and it'd be okay. And then you start fighting these things called the Draugr, which were like these undead humans that got infected by this sea thing it's a long story it's a conspiracy game so what would happen was uh you would be attacking one of them with everything you had you know because you're starting out it's a beginning area and then all of a sudden 
another one would run over an ad. And you just barely made it through. And I thought that was just me, like, starting out, like, oh, maybe I picked, you know, all aggressive, like, burn damage, which is helpful, but maybe I had to pick some healing items so I could heal myself. And I started going on reading on the message boards, and, and everybody was kind of having the same feeling. So it wasn't just me, and it made me feel very good. But uh, in Sea World Legends, they basically turned it into less of an MMO, more of what Destiny is, which I know Destiny wants to be an MMO, and I talked about it a few episodes ago, which is fine. It's fine. But um, what you see is when I'm out in the areas, the big open areas, I don't see a lot of people. Like, I've only played the Illuminati faction. My guy looks a little square. But um, I, I only saw one other person until I got to the Illuminati underground base. Then there were some more people running around and stuff like that, which is weird. They have a, a frame rate display, and um, I have a new gaming rig. So uh, And I don't think the graphics are that intensive because, it, like I said, it came out several years ago. So I'm running about huh, over anywhere from like 90 to over 120 frames, which like I don't usually care about that kind of stuff. But if the game runs smoothly, that's when I care. Long story short, when I got to the underground Illuminati hub, hub everything went down to about 20 frames a second. And that's using their internal program to watch your frame rate. And it didn't really think it was that bad until I got to like the outskirts of the warehouse you're in, where I'd go talk to an NPC, which, by the way, can I just say right now, uh, the MVPs for the two people that I like so far, I've only met really two important characters uh, in the Illuminati, but I love the doctor who does experiments on you because you're gifted and you're going to be a member of the Illuminati. And then the um, the leader, uh, I, I want to say her name's uh, Cassidy Gray or something. Anyway, she's amazing. Uh, whoever did the voice acting is good. The lip syncing isn't like one for one. This game came out several years ago, but I think the voice acting is great. And I just like the way they are. Long story short, when I got to the edges to accept quests from them, or the the head, you have to go talk to obviously the head of the Illuminati because you're joining. I got to the edge of the map where I was at. Right before I entered the door, the frame rate jumped back up to like over 100. And then everything ran smoothly through the cutscenes and everything like that. And they'll even display that through the cutscenes, which is pretty cool. Um, long story short, uh, when they changed it over to the Secret World Legends, uh, they kind of streamline everything. They actually give you levels now. Uh, they kind of lay out a pace. Uh, it's free to play now, which is good. So if you want to check it out, it's on Steam right now. I think you can download it from their website as well. Just go to secretworldlegends.com if you want to try it out. But it's free. And like every game, if you become a patron, you know, like a monthly subscriber, you get a bunch of goodies. You get extra XP buffs. So you get two types. There's, I think this also runs into a thing. Not as bad as some other games I've seen like Destiny. But you have to have several types of currency. And that is very annoying. What do these Marks of Honor do? What are these Legion of Dawn things? Why do I have Inema shards? Which instead of using currency in a real world game, you're using Inema shards, which I guess is cool. Uh, and then you have you know, three or four of the currencies that I have no idea, like Arachi, this company has something. So I think there's a problem with that. Like, you know, obviously, I'm sure when you go to those vendors, you'll get high-end stuff, which is pretty cool. But it is a little bit frustrating to kind of start out and play the game and be like, why is there nine different types of currency? This is really annoying. This is really, really annoying. But uh, it's weird. Like, 
you know, I, like I said, I'm not a conspiracy person, but there's something about this game where it's just gritty and dirty enough, and I think it's because it's a modern setting and it lets you mix and match all the things that I mentioned, you know, weapons, magic. You can kind of build out uh, what you want to do. And like I said before, in the, the very first game, there was no levels, and they wanted you to do what you wanted to do. But even as I was playing it as an MMO, I think they even realized this is kind of a steep hill for some people to climb. So what they did is they created a deck, like a deck of cards. But this was like a template basically for a character. Oh, do you want a damage character? Here's kind of the way you want to go. So pick this deck or starting class, and then you'll be able to kind of go down this way. Or you could read while you were going of like, oh, I want a guy with shotguns and hammers, which is what I'm using now. And they'd be like, okay, you want to do damage. Here's the build you want to work towards. And these were just suggestions. Obviously, the community probably took it from there. I'd imagine, and would just create their own stuff, which was cool. And uh, I don't know. It's just like I, like I said, I'm not a conspiracy person, but this is it's pretty interesting. You know, they again, it kind of it melds all the things that I think are missing in MMOs. There's this crazy like, oh, you want to use shotguns and cast magic? Go for it. And then there's this idea of like, okay, well, while you're doing that, you could either be support, healing, or damage. And you're like, oh, that's really cool, you know. Or you could be something in between where you buff yourself and your allies. Or you could do a little bit more damage. You know, it's just a really good system. And I think, again, there's not a lot of MMOs set in the present day. So you're running. In fact, you don't, you can get like a motorcycle or something later. But basically, what you do to move faster is you buy sprint upgrades. So in regular games, when you sprint, you sp- uh, slightly sprint faster than people around you. In this one, it's in tiers. So that's how you fast travel, or you get faster at traveling, which I thought was great. And on top of it, they have the the uh, Argatha, uh, whatever you have, where you can go down to the Argatha, kind of like a Hearthstone and WoW, where you can teleport there and then go from different big cities. And there's hubs in the tree, like big glowing arches of energy that you can go through. I mean, all that stuff's really cool. Um, and again, I, I, I really like this game, and I'm going to keep playing it. It's cool that it's free. Uh, because it's free, you only get one character slot, which is terrible, because there's three factions. And uh, I think, obviously, they want to monetize the game somehow. So I think that uh, that's what you get. You know, you you got to buy the other characters. I don't know how different the experience is between each class. I'm sure the intro experience is much different, and uh, probably, obviously, the cities are much different. Um, you do find lore, which is uh, the ones I found for the Illuminati are like a incredibly insane poem that obviously because it's about conspiracies i'm sure there's a dev development diary out there which a bunch of notes written where how this makes sense in the larger narrative but you know just reading it you're like this this poem is insane uh but all that kind of stuff i like it's like oh yeah i want to read all this stuff so i'm finding all the lore again the game also has little mini in-game achievements you know find this lore about the illuminati find the lore you know explore the hub city and that gives you xp as well that gives you currency and things because every time you level up you get different types of currency which again there's a lot so i don't know exactly what each one does so hopefully i'll be able to find that out later um so i can spend that stuff and save it and things like that and then you can actually turn some of your um auction house currency or the currency you're going in game to real world money they use like they look like gold bars the icon it's like a room or something anyway uh you get to transfer your auction house currency to that or vice versa because again in the game if you want to unlock a skill tree like for shotguns or pistols or whatever you have to spend marks of honor but if you can turn those into 
uh, a room or whatever it's called then you can uh, swap back and forth and it's cheaper in a room than it is marks but it's like a stock market you have to try to get you know if you're trading in your marks of honor to a room you want to obviously get that you want to buy low sell high so um yeah i don't know I, i've gone on for 16 minutes apparently about this game but i really like it it's really unique i definitely recommend it i'm sure they would love people talking about the game more and more and um i you know i don't know if i'm gonna write something about it but i keep thinking about the game even when i'm not playing it so I don't know if I'm going to do like a weekly column. Maybe I'll stream some of it. I haven't decided. There's some other stuff I want to do with the website, like stream and things like that. And um, maybe I'll roll the secret world into it. I noticed there was a lot of podcasts out there. But I've read online that the story for the game kind of stops at a certain point. So a lot of people have kind of left. Because, you know, you get through what they originally planned for the game because they took all the original issues, which was like the, the DLC drops, it would continue the story. They took the issues and they stopped at a certain point. So people have kind of worked through that and how they've worked through them. And, and uh, I think they've left just because, uh, you know, there's nothing for their character to do. So, um, you know, it's too bad. But I am... I'm having a good time. I haven't got to the end of the content yet, but I don't, there's something else I want to do with the game just because I'm thinking about it so much. But if you look online, like the developers haven't really given an update. They haven't said anything. So I don't know. I don't know, man. It's weird. So, all right. Uh, my next topic, which is weird, is I've been playing the Dragon Age pen and paper game with my friends. I've been running a campaign. And I got to say, guys, last, I'm recording this on Sunday. It'll go live Monday morning at 7, 7 a.m. at www.gamingwithgrief.com. So go there if you want to get it at 7 in the morning. SoundCloud will go up like Sunday night sometime after I get done uh, touching this up and editing it and sharing it to whatever. Um, but um, I've been playing the Dragon Age pen and paper, and I ran Siege Warfare. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it was poor planning on my part. There was three uh, player characters, uh, one of them... I kind of told him late, and I had some scheduling conflicts with him, so he couldn't uh, he couldn't make it. And the second guy had something going on, so he couldn't make it. So we basically, one of the characters was kind of separating from the group anyway, but one of the guys was a warrior, and he was going to be in the group. And obviously he helped plan, uh, along with everybody else, helped plan this big siege. In fact, the one character that had scheduling conflicts, who tried to be kind of a shyer, quieter character, ended up planning a lot of the stuff, which was kind of neat to see him. Um, his character was shy. He's not a shy guy, but it's kind of cool to see him kind of take charge and plan this big warfare and what the players were going to do. And uh, my character did uh, as little as possible uh, because it's hard when you're running the campaign and also trying to run an NPC that is also a character that I've worked hard for, that I've leveled up per level. Uh, his specialization, uh, he became a Grave Warden. If you know anything about the Dragon Age universe, you may not be able to get to be a Grey Warden. If you fail your test, you could die. And I did the uh, death check in 5th edition D&D. I used that as a, a thing. And uh, he basically rolled to not die. And I did it several times, and he won. He, he, he succeeded, so he became a Grey Warden. Because, you know, I told everybody, hey, if this doesn't work out, this character is not going to be there during this fight. He's not going to be there during the rest of the campaign. But um, long story short, I think it went well. It was epic enough. I tried to streamline some of the stuff that, you know, the normal combat. I mean, these characters are level 11 or 12 going into siege combat. So if you're fighting a level 2 or 3 or 5 grunt, you're basically cutting through them to get on to the next thing. And I really wanted to focus on that. 
Uh, but what I did is I had tokens where I put uh, the symbol and number of a deck of cards, like the five of hearts, whatever. And Dragon Age actually sells um, playing cards with really cool kind of crazy looking art for like kind of evil looking art for like these creatures and stuff that are in the game. And so I basically paired that with a playing card. And usually when the, the player said, I attack this person, I would flip the token over and say, oh, that's the two of clubs. So you're fighting a boss. Sometimes they would flip it over and it would be blank, meaning it would just be a rank and file enemy and they they would just kill them. But what would happen is every few turns, uh, the one guy that was actually playing was a magic user. So then he would lose a slight amount of hit points, a slight amount of mana, because I would say, you know, you're casting spells and doing stuff, but I wanted to streamline all that because he was more of a control mage, if that makes sense. He had a lot of control spells and things like that, but not a lot of uh, attack spells. So his thing was controlling everybody, you know, paralyzing them, stuff like that, torturing people. But he did have some attack spells, so I would do every few turns, every full turn you would lose uh, two hit points and uh, three mana which doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're going through this and on top of it taking damage from bosses, um, he you know got down there. And, and when he did roll certain bosses, he did get wounded and get hurt. you know. And so uh, I think it went well. I'm, I'm waiting. I think we're getting back together in two weeks. And so I want the other characters at least to be there. The, the one character is more of a rogue. He is a rogue. And I might split him off from the group. And he actually might be listening to this, so ha ha ha. Uh, you got a sneak peek. Long story short, uh, I might split him off and have him come back later. Because being a single rogue, you know, what's in it for him to fight this big siege? Unless there's a big pot of gold on the other side. And I don't think he's seen any evidence of that. So I don't think that he's going to think, oh, this is my chance. You know, this is what I'm doing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get all this money. Um, I think he's probably going to do something else that will help the group in the end and help the plot of the game along, but he might be alone, which I think he kind of, his character at least likes anyway. So I think he enjoys kind of being a lone wolf because the little bit that I did get to spend with his character, because he kind of came into the campaign later and we had to roll his character very quickly and stuff like that. And he's actually playing, his character is the brother of my character. So uh, they got to have a reunion. It was kind of neat. But uh, long story short, I, I'm having a good time. And strangely enough, I have, like I said, everybody's level 11 or 12. And in Dragon Age, you cap out at level 20. And I actually have the campaign planned until they get to level 20. So I'm really excited about seeing where everything goes, how everybody's taking it, um, how everybody's taking the, um, you know, how, how people are taking the story. It seems like everybody's having a good time. The, the mage, the guy who's playing the mage yesterday, I was trying to be very creative and vivid with how the battle was going and describing everything. I was trying to get really unique deaths, either from the bad guys killing the good guys, the good guys killing the bad guys. And he said, man, those are incredibly creative. I don't know if I should be worried. And I said, well, probably not because, you know, this is how this game is, you know. If we were playing uh, My Little Pony, the role-playing game, which I'm not throwing shade on that. I'm saying, you know, the tone is different, and I'm sure there's a My Little Pony role-playing game out there. But... Long story short, uh, I think I would be worried, uh, he should be worried if we're playing that, and I was describing these epic, terrible things happening to the My Little Pony characters in that universe, because that's pretty gross. But, you know, in the Dragon Age universe, it's very dark, things like that. So, um, yeah, it went really well, and I'm really excited to play again, and I've been thinking about it a little bit. I need to streamline a little bit more, I think, uh, but Siege Warfare isn't easy. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are playing pen and paper, that playing campaigns, that 
they may not even do, do siege warfare because they think, oh man, I don't, I don't want to even deal with this, you know. And there might be some people out there that are like, no, no, I got you, dog. So again, uh, write to me if you have a cool idea for uh, you know doing siege warfare. That's my uh, address is www.gamingwithgrief.com, and the the um, the episode will post on Monday morning at 7 a.m. You can leave a comment below the video, or you can also write to me at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com so go there write to me again if you want me to read it over the air i will if not i won't um what else uh next week i don't know what i'm i don't know what i'm doing next week it's uh work maybe winding down a little bit i'm kind of excited about that you know i've been working quite a lot of hours but i think in the next uh the next few weeks it'll quiet down a bit so i may get some more time at home uh, we're having some repairs done here at my house, but it'll be early in the week, so it should be done by the time I record the podcast. And I usually record this on the weekend, and I don't think they're working on the weekend anyway, at least not for us. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's been a pretty good week so far. I've been tired, but like I said, everything can be calming down at work. So have a good week, everybody. Uh, enjoy, and I will see you next week. Bye.